0: You ready for this? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I have to. I i you do more podcasts than I do. You do yeah a bunch, and so I feel like you've got you've got better podcasts. <laughs> mine aren't as long though. I'm not sure if I do. Have mine add up in
1: time to the amount that you.
0: <laughs> right, I I need to work up like a head of steam, but then once I get it going, yeah, it goes. But it's right. it's breaking that. Oh man, I I don't know. I just got a lot going on here and uh
1: anyway we got a it's an interesting to... interesting week i mean there's a bunch of it is a crazy for, week. For like us you know like after like a few weeks after wwdc and and you often i think this time is not necessarily a lot going on but
0: I think part of it is just that there's stuff that's in the general tech news sphere that is just happens to be erupting, like the whole Uber thing and Amazon buying Whole Foods, uh, and that's just coincidental. But then part of it, too, is a a bunch of the stuff we want to talk about is 10-year iPhone anniversary, which Mm -hmm. isn't coincidental, you know. So it's yeah. it's not a surprise, but it it is unusual. Where I feel like, and maybe I'm just misremembering, but it seems to me like after most WWDCs, the rest of the month we just talk about what happened at WWDC, and I feel like we don't even have time today to go back to anything
1: from WWDC. <laughs> right. Yeah. Rehash that.
0: Have you seen the uh, Have you seen the new iPad yet?
1: I did. Yeah. Yeah. I I um, managed to get over the store to take a look at it. Um. I think you mean the 10.5 inch. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, with promotion, you know, it, in in not having my 9.7 inch one with me, I it didn't really notice the difference. Frankly,
0: <laughs> no, not really. I
1: think if I held them up together, I would notice the difference, but it didn't see. It seemed like, oh, this is the same. Like I had to ask somebody. I was like, this is the 10.5. Yeah, it's it's
0: it totally has that effect. It, uh, and but then Amy has a 9.7 here, and then and hers is white, which I think really accentuates the bezels.
1: And all of a sudden, it's like
0: all of a sudden, it's like it makes that uh, the nine point seven Pro, which is like the same dimensions as the iPad Air and later, um, it makes them feel like they're the old original iPods with the big inch thick bezels all along every side, right? It's like all of a sudden, it's like why do they have these thick bezels all over the place?
1: (laughs) I'm a little worried about. uh, I think sometimes I even with uh, I have an iPad Air two, and even with that. I extraneously touch along the side of the, the bezel sometimes. Mm. Um, and I'm a little concerned that that's going to just get worse. But, um, but I think, you know, eventually I think I'm, I'm going to get to, I'm going to get a 10.5 inch.
0: Yeah. I think it's, it's fantastic. Did did, you, did you notice the promotion
1: scrolling? Yeah. Yeah, I did. It's, it's really smooth. I mean, it just gets better and better. It's, it, it, but that's the real, whole reason I
0: asked is because it really is the one thing that they announced that you have to see mm-hmm. to believe. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I don't need to even, I don't need to see the new MacBook. I get it. I've already, you know, I know what those displays look like. I know what the keyboard's like. You know, I can kind of imagine it, you know. Yeah. But the the ProMotion, you really have to see.
1: Yeah. I hope no, So I'm I'm actually looking forward to, well, I mean, I think the, the, so I'm kind of waiting just because I want to wait until um, iOS 11 comes out. Yeah. And uh, I'm, you know, some, maybe sometime in November. I'll be Like that's what my birthday is too. So, <laughs> um, co- speaking of coincidences, uh, well, the other thing too is it seems like iPad development has slowed
0: down a little bit. Like, so if you plan to wait until iOS 11 comes out in October or whenever, mm-hmm. I don't think you have any fear that you're not getting your money's worth out of it. Right. You know, like because even yeah. what what's the soonest they could replace it would be next June at WWDC. You know, so what? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I and I just feel like with this this jump to promotion, I really doubt that the next iPhone <laughs> or iPad is gonna have something that really makes you regret it. It feels like yeah. this is the
1: I already I already had my MacBook Pro obsoleted, so <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what difference does it make? uh the other thing i've saw and
0: it's pretty interesting because i don't have this complaint even though i'm a nitpicky person and i notice details but ever since ios 7 come out there's a faction of people who feel like the animations in the os have gotten too slow and stuttery you know like either Mm. that it takes too long or that especially like there's people who complain about the frame rate of the animations like when you hit the home button and the app zooms out and stuff and i think i see what they mean but it somehow doesn't bother me um Huh, But I, I think
1: I would say that I notice it a little bit, but I'm running a, an iPhone SE. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think I notice it on my iPad here, too. Yeah, but
0: I don't know about that. I feel like the SE is, is such an overpowered GPU for the tiny little screen that I I almost feel like if you see it on the SE, it's proof that it's a real thing. Yeah, it could be. Like the SE is not a, a it's not a weak iPhone. Like if you were still running the five S, then yes, then sure. you, you know you, there's a reason for it. But I kind of feel like the fact that you, if you kind of notice it on the SE, that's the proof of it. I feel like it. promotion like, and, puts that to rest.
1: And they're probably similar, like my iPad Air two and my SE, or I don't know off the top of my head, but they're probably similar processors, if not the same, yeah. right? Yeah, I think so. So I don't know why I don't. I mean, I don't use I don't use my iPad Air two as much. I mean, maybe that's why. But
0: yeah. So anyway, I feel like that's the answer to anybody who has complaints about the frame rate of
1: stuff. Uh, just get a get a ten point inch, ten point five inch iPad. Get a new iPad. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, follow
0: up. I have a bit of follow up from my show last week with Serenity Caldwell, where uh, some <laughs> surprise, surprise, I got off on a tangent. We were talking about <laughs> pencils, and I was talking about my favorite pencil from high school, the Dixon Ticonderoga. Mm. Uh, And how they've gone downhill Because back then they were made in America From American timber and graphite And an old American factory with American standards And now they're cheap (laughs) pieces of crap made in China Uh, I just cannot even believe that they uh, I can't believe they put the name on them Uh, Anyway, I got a nice note from uh, a guy named Michael Hagen Who writes a blog called Leadfast uh, L-E-A-D-F-A-S-T dot org and it's an entire, entire blog devoted to pencils. Wow. And notebooks. Nice. Uh, and it's really nice. I, I want to put a link to the show notes, because he's uh, he was, you know, as, as you might imagine, somebody who writes an entire blog devoted to pencils, he's got very strong opinions, uh, noted that I was exactly correct, that the Chinese-made Dixon Ticonderogers made, were made from substandard wood and substandard lead and even had sloppy paint jobs on the... Uh, oh my god i just learned the name from it of it on his blog the the metal thing that connects the the wood to the eraser oh, so they, yeah it's called like a ferrule or something like that huh. um, they even got sloppy on the paint job on that and that's like <laughs> dixon ticonderoga's brand like the green ferrule with the yellow stripe around the middle oh, like okay, when you think yeah. an iconic pencil like if you mm-hmm. just think go to getty images and look at a pencil you're looking you what you have in your mind is a dixon ticonderoga um Anyway, the good news is, is even though they're still made in China, there's actually some recent ones that they've gone back to American uh, cedar and, and the quality has actually, actually gone up.
1: Oh. So How many pencils, how many pencils do you use on a regular basis? I, I don't use pencils anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't, used, I haven't <laughs> used a pencil in 20 years. Because they're so crappy or just be- <laughs> No,
0: because I've switched to pens. Uh, yeah. And I don't, I very seldom have a need to erase anything. I don't make mistakes.
1: Does does Jonas have like a hundred of them lying around for school? He
0: loses pencils left and right. He never has a pencil. I don't understand how that can be. We buy a lot of pencils, and uh, uh, and he's never got them. And it it, it always looks he's he's got like a pencil that's half the size it should be and has no eraser. Yeah, Yeah.
1: Uh, and That's that's what Hank has.
0: And we we have to address this issue. We have a box of those big arrowhead erasers that you know the the extra Mm -hmm. eraser you pop on yeah and they're right in my office every you know there's not hidden everybody knows where they are so there's no reason not to have an eraser and then he'll sit there and do his homework and and (laughs) like not be able to erase stuff it's very frustrating don't get me started
1: (laughs) years ago i got a, a box of Blackfeet indian pencils Oh um, man, those which I good. think was a rerun of them or something like that. Um, I think it was like all the way back in the '90s, and I've just been working through those. I mean, the, the erasers are like rock hard now, so the erasers are basically useless. Um, but the pens feel nice. They're they're pencils. They f- they feel really good. So I still I still have like eight of them in there.
0: I have a box of Dixon Ticonderogas from the '90s uh, that I, I'm sure are the good ones, but I feel like I made the same critical mistake uh, that you just mentioned, which is that I thought I could save these for the rest of my life and always have yeah, good yeah, pencils. No. But now the erasers are yeah. like, they're well, like when you're bullets. younger,
1: you didn't know <laughs> you might not have known that that happens. <laughs> right,
0: but I could still use them and put those the the. That's the right. You've got it. You, you know where those are. It was sort of like the original, uh, like uh, iPhone case peripherals, the upsell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The other thing, uh, uh, have you noticed? That, I mean, everybody, I think, with kids knows this now, but it, it's like part of the great, ser- I mean, this in all sincerity, the decline of American society. I really mean it. <laughs> it, it part of it is is that schools are now short of supplies. Like and kids, you have to come to school oh, yeah. with your own pencils and paper and and stuff like that. Like when I when when I was a kid, I went to public public school. There was an endless supply of paper and pencils. I mean, I guess pencils they kind of metered out, but they you didn't have to bring your own, you know, that that, that well, you get that you'd be given a pencil.
1: Yeah. But they didn't have to buy computers. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, maybe they had much more a lot more money to spend on pencils because they weren't spending like yeah, and you always see these 500 about, bucks on a, a computer for each kid.
0: And you you hear about these teachers, you know, who out of their own salary buy yeah. paper and and scissors and stuff like that. It's nuts. How's that yeah, possible? It's, it's absolutely
1: to, uh, horrendous yeah so i gave a whole to... bu- i gave a bunch of money earlier this year to like there's a there's a site where you can donate to teachers projects um, i would do that that's a good yeah. cause. yeah i don't know um, see if i can find it and send it to you but um yeah it's just you read through the thing and you're thinking like why does it have to be done like it's the same thing with like the kickstarters for people's healthcare.
0: <laughs> yeah exactly why this should not be a thing
1: this is not the way this is not the way a world-class country should operate
0: let me take a break and thank our first sponsor. Get this show going, really. We got to keep, got to get, keep me, keep me going, John. You got to keep me, okay. keep all me, right. keep me moving.
1: <laughs> Trying.
0: Uh, I want to tell you about MailRoute. MailRoute has been supporting this show for a while. Here's what they do: they handle email. That's all they do. They're email specialists. So, who do you want in charge of your email? Do you want like a somebody who does uh, some company that does everything from hosting websites to uh, electrical wiring? Uh, no, you want somebody who specializes. Only an email. The team at MailRoute has been devoted to email for about 20 years. A lot of them have been there the whole time. Uh, And a lot of other companies are getting out of the email protection business right now because it's, it's just such a mess. Uh, Postini went away, McAfee and MX Logic, they went away. And Google has even come out. Google has come out and said that uh, even if you use like, Google Apps Mail for your business, that they recommend you get a company like MailRoute to filter the email before it gets into the spam. Here's what they do they don't host your email for you, they just run a filtering service. You change the MX records. For your domain name. That's just the DNA, the part of the having a domain name that says here's where email goes to so and so at your domain.com. What server handles that incoming email? You point that to mail route. Mail route email goes in first and it's just like a screen and then they immediately, you know, like probably like a, a millisecond, forward it on to your regular mail server. So you don't have to install any software. You don't have to run anything on a server. You don't have to change your mail server at all. You just change the MX record to have it go through mail route first, and that's it. And then all of a sudden, your spam is gone. No more junk. It is amazing, it is super accurate. I can't recommend it highly enough. It's almost magical how accurate it is and how few mistakes they make. And they've got all sorts of other power user features if you're a professional admin and you're charged this at your business where they have APIs where you can hook up and and do anything you might imagine. Uh, It's all the details, everything you'd want to do from a company that literally just specializes in protecting email from spam and viruses. Uh, So where do you go to find out more? Well, first, you'll get a 30-day free trial if you go to this URL, mailroute.net slash TTS, mailroute.net slash TTS. And and I'll steal the line from Marco Arment. This is the best deal in podcasting. You get, by following that link, a 10% discount for the lifetime of your account. So 10, 15 years from now, you're still using MailRoute. You'll still save 10% every single time you pay forever it's it, what a deal so go check them out my thanks to mail route for their continuing support of the talk show
1: okay so some follow-up from earlier in in this episode <laughs> okay um the uh the se has an a9 chip and the air 2 has an a8x so it's probably me
0: yeah Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh uh what else can we talk about here?
1: You, yeah you want to wade into one of the uh <laughs> one of the big ones well let's
0: do the big one I, I think the biggest one and the one that is has the most uh historical value no no pun intended it was john markoff hosting mm-hmm. uh, a discussion at the computer history museum out in mountain view california where he had uh first discussion with uh, three guys from the original iphone team hugo Fines? i'm not quite sure how to pronounce his surname uh Nitin ganatra uh and scott hearse uh Nitin, i know him i've met him he's he's a very nice guy and he's he's been on uh the debug podcast with uh oh, guy, yeah. guy okay. english and uh renee Ritchie with don melton who was uh who's a great guy he's a, a, a was a big shot on the safari team uh and is now, you know, out of Apple and, and has no fucks left to give. That's um, <laughs> <laughs> no, true. You can see it with those guys on stage. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. They're, and, they're you know, good Apple people remain Apple people. And they're not telling. There's no stories that they told that I would consider, like, out of turn. They're certainly no. not spilling secrets. But no. there's, like, a relaxedness to them that active Apple employees, especially the ones with the most, most responsibilities, just don't yeah. have.
1: Yeah. The funny, the funny one was I think it was I think it was Hertz said, it's like someone was bugging him for for something like when's this when are, you gonna, when are we going to get this when are we going to get this or like when is Steve going to get this? And he said he'll get it when it's fucking ready. Right, and Steve like sticks his head around the corner like, okay. Huh.
0: There were so many good stories that those guys had. Uh, that was a great one. <laughs> I kind of feel like number one you could feel the flop sweat of that moment right mm-hmm. but I also feel like Steve Jobs was the sort of guy who who wasn't petty enough to take you know like he would see yeah. the humor in that
1: Yeah I would think so completely I mean I think a lot of people think that that person would get fired immediately but Right and uh, that's not know. that's not like he it's
0: like maybe George Steinbrenner would do that right that's yeah. the difference between Steve Jobs is Tyranny and and right. Steinbrenners like right. Jobs just was mostly rational and as long as you're still getting the work done, you know, yeah. and you know, if he just...
1: if he didn't get the thing in like in the next twenty minutes, then he would have gotten fired.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, and then afterwards, after those three fellows uh, spoke with Markov, uh, uh, Scott Forstall was up for about an hour by himself. Uh, so combination, it was, I loved it. I, it was really, It was. if you haven't watched this thing, the whole two hours, I, I swear I've got this link, I'll put it in the show notes. I'll bet most of you who are listening to me right now have, have watched it because it seems like if, if you weren't anxious to watch that, I don't know why you listened to my show. <laughs> like, I can't imagine the what's outside the Venn diagram of people who listen to the talk show and people (laughs) who might want to watch Scott Forstall's first public appearance since he was ousted from the company five years ago.
1: And if you can get the audio, you can just, I mean, the audio is fine. Yeah. You don't have to watch it. I mean, like some people don't have time to sit down and necessarily watch a two hour. That is absolutely
0: correct. You could treat it as a podcast and it would work just fine. Uh, For example, I will, I will along the same lines. uh, There's, Tens of thousands of people who listen to the audio version of um, my live show, as opposed to watching the video. Uh, or I guess I don't know how many people listen because I just get download numbers, and maybe maybe that's inflated because people watch the video and then their podcast player downloaded it. And so I don't know. I, I but I suspect that there are tens of thousands of people who still listen to the audio version.
1: <laughs> um, I got I got to watch for Craig's hair. <laughs> that's the only.
0: It's it's even better because he did that thing where he ran and its hair just <laughs> yeah. blowing in the yeah. wind. <laughs> uh and it just always goes right back into place. It's it, it's it, it's very strange. Like he it, it that's the thing, you know, everybody makes jokes about it, you know, what's the the Air Force one or whatever mm-hmm. his, his username is in, in the demos and stuff like that. But the thing that's most amazing about it isn't that he has nice looking hair, uh which he does, but it's that it's seemingly uh it, it, combs itself somehow
1: self-sustaining yeah like it styles
0: itself and like he he can get nervous and like run his fingers through it and you think oh man you're messing up your hair and and then he lets go and it just goes right back right back into place it's like when homer simpson shaves his beard and the the stubble just pops right back out anyway this was fantastic i don't even know where to start uh except that i will say i, I briefly I, I and somebody asked me i guess this is why i have a podcast is I, it's easier for me to talk about this shoot the shit with you than to write an article about it like i don't you know a couple people are like hey you're gonna write a big article about forestall's appearance and i don't have I, there's nothing in my mind that needs to be said like i feel like the interview speaks for itself and i just yeah. have like meta commentary about it right
1: we, we can retell the stories that they told
0: Uh, Yeah, we should just steal all the stories. My favorite. The only
1: thing that I thought was sort of weird was, um, you know, you talked about telling stories out of turn. Um, Was that Forstall kind of made Steve sound like an idiot over the rocker? Like he just like he just like heard the name and thought, oh, the rocker must be like the same as the Razor. So it's going to be a nice little phone and we should get on, you know, get our music on it. I I think that that's kind of telling though, And I think it's exactly (laughs) what happened.
0: Which may be true. Right. Because there was a bit too. I mean, we'll get to it. But there's also along these same lines of the ten year anniversary of the iPhone is the the uh, the book that came out uh, this week. I ha- I have a copy of the book. I'm taking it with me on a on a vacation starting soon, and I plan to read it. I look forward to it. But uh, what's it called? The One Device by uh, Brian Merchant. But there was a long excerpt that ran in The Verge that had some bits about the rocker uh, from people who were on the team, and it sounds like that's you know. I- I've I've said it it's ever since the thing came out. I remember, you know, the the very day that it was announced on stage. I I I'm pretty sure I blogged on daring fireball. Like it looked to me like Jobs wanted to throw the thing across the stage, like because like the demo <laughs> didn't even work. It was like it was supposed to ring or something. You're supposed to get a phone, you know, get a phone call while you're playing music and show how it doesn't interrupt you or whatever. And it was it didn't work. And I really thought he thought about just saying, you know what, screw it, <laughs> we're not doing this. Uh, but then in the book, they said they even said that that Jobs' obvious obvious uh, disdain for the product on stage angered the people from Singular, uh, or maybe Motorola. Maybe Motorola, it was Motorola, yeah, yeah. The Singular people were like, "Hey, we need," because <laughs> it is funny though. Like you can look at it and laugh, but it, it they it, you know the other thing that came out of it was that um, that rocker deal shepherded by Motorola, you know, with Motorola who had all this experience dealing with carriers shepherded steve jobs and whoever else probably eddie q you know who's was, it was always like a negotiating partner with jobs uh shepherded them through meeting you know the executives from the carriers and stuff like that and it was you know jobs was it, i you know it sounds like he was already thinking uh you know we're gonna do a phone you know i'll just use this as yeah. a moment to steal their expertise and <laughs> relationships
1: so this probably would have <laughs> When, when do you think that that project started? Because it came out like this announced sometime in the summer of 2005.
0: Something yeah. Like so okay. I, I, I do. I, I don't know if the one device has a timeline. I would like to see a timeline laid out of yeah. all of this
1: stuff. So it, lo- it looks like they because pro- those those three guys were talking. We're mostly talking about um, 2005 when they started. And yeah. things that already happened before that.
0: So I would guess the rocker thing happened in like 2004 or something.
1: Yeah, they started maybe started talking to them in 2004 or something like that. Yeah. So they were probably they probably were doing both at the same time.
0: Yeah, uh, which is funny because the iPod still had a couple of years left in it, but it just shows how Apple was already simultaneously keep keep making the iPod better and better, and its best sales years were still ahead of it. But already oh, yeah. already. Had the proper paranoia of thinking, like if cell phones got good enough, they would they would eat the iPod, and they were correct. <laughs> uh, I as an aside, I, I just wanted to say, in terms of well, not really an aside, but I feel like uh, Forstall really touched on this in in his talk with markov where markov asked him if he was worried you know did he know it was going to be as big a deal as it as it would be and i think Forstall more or less said yeah i knew it because i could just see how good it was i knew that this was this was it uh and that all the other little issues like pricing and carrier support would work itself out over time but that this was so clearly the future of computing Mm-hmm. And it was so good. And he he brought up this great analogy or or criticism where like reviewers would come out and say like, uh, and I remember this. I remember this being like a thing, like not just like one one publicized review, but it was like the way people reviewed phones back then was like, well, wait a minute, this is pretty, and it is you know there's you know I'll insert your two thousand circa two thousand seven uh, Apple's. Apple cares about design, but nobody else does, you know, and look what it's got them in the PC market snark here. Um, But they would say like, look, I open up my BlackBerry and I can go from off to sending an email in three taps. And on the iPhone, it's seven taps and a scroll. You know, this is way inefficient. This is, you know, this isn't a good UI and it's, you know, here's how many taps it takes to play a song and stuff like that. And Forstall was like, that's, you know, that's the most idiotic way to look at this ever. Like the, Reason it was a great design is people could actually understand it. And it's yeah. so true, right? Like the left to right navigation and the way that they animated and that screens didn't, you didn't tap a thing and something just popped on the screen. It it moved onto the screen and gave you a sense of spatiality. Is that a word? <laughs> it is now. I should ask Syracuse spatialness. <laughs> uh,
1: I don't think spatiality is a word. Well, it is now. <laughs> it, it wasn't, and yes, until just now
0: somebody quick put in on Wiktionary
1: oh wait spatiality is it really There it is relating to space spatiality okay so it's it's listed under the definition for spatial yeah did I pronounce it right uh, it's a noun it's, it is a noun spatiality yeah there sounds spa- like you're mis- mis- mispronouncing speciality special <laughs> specialty
0: uh, the thing that note I, I had to for reasons it, it is it is this, did I say I have to we have to do this show quickly?
1: <laughs> you implied it. I didn't know for sure.
0: We had a package delivered uh and we moved recently. And the package, and I'm not gonna say who ordered it, except that it wasn't me. <laughs> and, jo- and Jonas doesn't order anything. Uh it was sent to our old house instead of the new house. And um uh, and it it needed to Ideally, would have been in our hands before we this coming weekend, and so um, I, I, I still, you know, we rented the old house, and and the landlord had the package, one of one of two shipments. It was broken up into two shipments, and the one the one shipment had one item in it, and the other one had like ten. Well, guess which one was already there? It was the the one with one. So, but I did pick that up, and the UPS guy had left a sticker on the door that said you know here you know try jude sorry you know we'll come back tomorrow and so using the tracking number on that uh instead oh, yeah. of having it go to the old address again the next day you can't change it to a new address though i think it's like a security thing But you, you have send to send it to the depot or something you can right? send it to a pickup place yeah um uh, and that way they can check your id it makes total sense um uh, So I did that and I had a whole bunch of choices to choose from that are nearby our house, but a lot of them are just like little, like, I don't know, like cell phone stores and, you know, it's surprising which businesses are UPS access points. That's what they call them. So I chose the UPS store because you would think, well, that's one that's going to be reliable. Right. And it's a couple of blocks further away. It's actually, it's actually, it wasn't that, it's not that close to our house at all, actually. Um, but it's located in the ground floor of a big skyscraper, like one of the biggest skyscrapers in center city, Philadelphia, uh, magnificent building. Uh, so I go in there and of course the package isn't there, even though the UPS app says it was delivered. And they even tell me the name of the employee at the UPS store, uh, who signed for it. It's not there. There's, it's not there. They agree. It's not there. Um, and so I ended up, I had to call, you'd think that maybe I could just deal with somebody there, but it turns out a UPS store isn't really UPS. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so are they, yeah, are they still like, cause they used to be mailboxes, et cetera, right?
0: Yeah. And apparently that's sort of how it, I, I, that's exactly it's how still it, it, it might as well by, just, right. Yeah, I had to call the actual UPS and deal with them and I will say that they dealt with it fine and they called the retailer that we bought this stuff from to tell them you know this guy definitely is not scamming you know this package was somehow lost we got a full refund blah 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 but I, I, anyway long story short i'm on my phone on hold in the lobby of this skyscraper at 5:30 in the afternoon yesterday um and this building also uh has uh an entrance, an escalator that goes down to the commuter train station, which is about a block away. So it's a lot of people leaving work from this building who obviously work there, and a lot of other people who in nearby buildings are streaming through the lobby to get to the escalator to go down. So while I was on hold for a very long time, I just people watched, and it just I just watched how many people are actually using their phone, and is it an Is it can I tell if it's an iPhone or not? And it's absolutely staggering if you just watch people. I, watched, I, I was on hold for like half an hour. And I, I didn't have a clicker, so I can't mathematically say it. But I, I would estimate that over half of, half of the people were on their phone, either looking at it and like texting, or at the very least had headphones, which I, could, I knew were connected to a phone and were listening yeah. to something. Yeah. And most of the people who weren't were in conversation with a colleague or friend or something. Almost every single person who was just solo, either leaving the building or going to the train station, was on their phone. It, it, it absolutely, you know, just to, to yeah. commemorate this ten-year anniversary of the iPhone. It, 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 if you just sit there and think about it, it really looks like something out of science fiction from two thousand six. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I there's a, I mean, I've seen that happen. I mean, I, I, the thing that I watch is people in cars, which drives me absolutely berserk. I mean, I, I. <laughs> when i'm sitting at a stoplight and i watch the people who are driving by um on the you know the perpendicular street yeah. i watch and see how many of them are looking at their phones and oh. it's a, it's an insane amount of people oh, that it's really just, drives me nuts too. it drives me absolutely berserk and i really um,
0: do try to be religious about it while i'm driving and yeah. i make jokes on the show about about being a terrible <laughs> driver and driving too fast and i do like to drive fast but I, no jokes aside i i really 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 do not use the phone especially in the city yeah
1: I don't even like use my watch that much. I mean, like I'll, I'll often like talk to Siri on the watch, but I, I mean, I'm not like, I don't even like looking at my a, no. a text message or anything like that. Cause that's just, I'm, I'm not watching the freaking road. No, I, I don't know.
0: I don't understand. I, I I'm, I'm terrified of cars. I really am. I, I've, I, it's probably, you know, I don't have a phobia cause I ride in them, you know, but I feel like I'm on the spectrum of, yeah of maybe being afraid to get in a car. But the problem is, isn't even so much that I don't want to get in a car. It's that I'm afraid of another car getting me, you know, and Mm -hmm. that can happen as a pedestrian in the city. But anyway, I, I,
1: yeah. Um, The other thing I was going to say is like, I, I, that effect, I think had already hit people who had blackberries before the iPhone came out. Yeah. And a lot of those people. I mean, most of those people were like doing, were business people doing business, yeah, um, texting or you know or whatever whoever they were texting, you know, like maybe they're just joking around with like their work friends or something like that. They were texting back and forth um, constantly. Yeah. Um, I remember when I because I used to work in an office. I remember going into the men's room, and there was a guy there with, with his BlackBerry in his hand, standing at the urinal, two handed typing, <laughs> on the BlackBerry. Oh, oh man. <laughs>
0: You're yeah, right. Maybe you know, and especially in the the you know sort of white collar office building where I was, there might have been that effect even before the iPhone. But
1: uh, yeah, maybe. So it's not you know, and I bet a lot of them probably not have, to this degree that it is now.
0: And I'll bet a lot of the headphone wearers would have had iPods. You know,
1: mm-hmm. so
0: you know, the the larger trend is computing devices, little pocket sized computing devices in general. But as of two thousand seventeen, they're all phones. Yeah. It's you know,
1: and they're all you know roughly similar phones. Like they are all like, right rectangles with glass faces that right. have an interface that takes up the whole thing. Right, and I felt
0: like Forstall's interview in particular really sort of captured that. You know, yeah, and the other guys yeah. too, but they were a little. They were asked details that were or questions that were a little bit more specific to
1: anecdotes, mm-hmm. and Forstall's mm-hmm. was more
0: bigger picture. But
1: yeah, and it does yeah, one of the one one of the things that he said that stuck out to me was that it never felt like work to use the iPhone. Because he was yes. talking about how you know he yes. he would just I mean like and 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 I you know felt that when I when I got it I mean I think that I always think back and think that was this is like the one thing like if I could go back in time and show like thirteen year old me yeah something from the future like an iPhone would be probably my first with that without a question my first choice yeah uh, I
0: I've used the analogy of feeling like you're going uphill versus downhill and. Mm -hmm. And and it's Mm -hmm. I I, I like the metaphor, but it's it's hard because uh, like uphill is bad and downhill is good in my metaphor. But also saying something's going downhill (laughs) generally has a bad connotation. But what I just mean is it feel like you're fighting gravity or is gravity helping you? Like when you're Mm -hmm. riding a bike and it's just a gentle downhill, you know, like a five degree downhill thing, it, it feels like the easiest thing in the goddamn world. And riding your
1: bike up a hill can somehow feel like, why do I own a bicycle? Should, someday I'll tell you the story of how my brothers tried to teach me to ride a bike. <laughs> it's Honestly. actually, it's pretty quick. They pushed me down a hill is what they did. <laughs> <laughs> so still, still not appropriate to certain audiences. <laughs> uh
0: and that's exactly what Forstall was getting at and i you know maybe feels like work is actually a better way to put it you know that it just felt like checking your email didn't feel yeah. like you're doing a thing there's a few things that still feel like work to me on an iphone like if i have to uh, change something on the server at daring fireball like and that happens almost i mean number one my site doesn't change very often so it's that's pretty rare but if just to say there's like a text like a to edit the schedule for sponsorships is I don't have like a CMS for that. It's te- a text file on the server. And if I have like a typo in it or something like that, mm-hmm. and I'm on the phone, that feels like work. Cause it's like, and I use the same app. I use just, you know, uh, you know, the apps from uh, panic. Uh, I guess, I guess on the phone I would use Coda and I'd Coda. open up the server yeah. and tap, tap into the folders and open it up. And it just feels like work though, even though it's a very nice app and I can't imagine how it would be better on a Four it's, just the, it's just
1: the screen size
0: right it's the screen size combined with the fact that on my mac it's just like you know command space tra return yeah. yeah. double click i'm in and it just is easier to drill down a file system
1: and, yeah. and
0: stuff like that uh but it you know for the most part but something like checking to see an email message or something like that doesn't feel like work on the iphone yeah. at all
1: you you know i mean you know me i i tend to uh <laughs> obsess over people who write lousy Apple analysis. Um, and um, and so I, I go to all these like really crappy sites a lot. I <laughs> mean, um, so I happen, you know, and I go to your site obviously too, but like I noticed today that I, I loaded... Your site was already loaded in a, in a tab. And so I, I hit refresh to make sure I was getting the latest. And then um, and I maybe I looked away for a second, but I came back and I, look, I looked and it was just sitting there. And so I hit refresh again because I thought there's no way it refreshed in that amount of time because I'm just used to these things like Forbes and stuff where it's like, oh, you want to hit refresh? Well, it's going to take like five minutes to load this page. My site is pretty fast. It's very fast.
0: Uh, I noticed the same thing the other day. I went on a rant on Daring Fireball about uh, uh, the stupid uh, JavaScript dick bars that they put up over the sites. Mm -hmm. And I just wrote offhand, you know, not really offhandedly, but I do kind of mean it, that uh, I think that we'd have been better off if they'd never added JavaScript to web browsers. I mean, if you remember, the original, it it was a document type thing you know, and in the same way that like when I send you an email code doesn't run on your, your device, (laughs) I'm sending you bits and they are displayed. And the web was just like any other internet thing at the time where you'd send text to somebody or you'd get text from a server and it would be displayed somehow. Um, the idea of adding scripting on the client side struck me as a bad idea immediately. Uh, and yes it enabled all sorts of amazing things and there's all sorts of web apps and things that are done in javascript that are useful and beautiful and and cool but there's so many awful things that people do with yeah. it by led and it, you're just opening the door to you know the possibility of bad things happening whereas if there's no executable scripting at all then nothing can happen
1: yeah uh, i think you actually weren't talking about javascript i think you were talking about the other thing that's the yeah, thing that's scraping the oh what was that the names and like, if you type something in, even if you don't hit submit, it's. Oh my God. How awful is that? Oh, how awful is that?
0: So uh, if you didn't see it on daring fireball, there's a Gizmodo had a uh, expose where they found like hundreds of companies using this company's service. The scumbag company has
1: Navistone,
0: Navistone, gee, how many Christmas they, they've got this JavaScript that you go to a form and it, as soon as you type anything in a field, It like phones home with the data. So like if you've ever idly like, "Eh, maybe I'll buy this, maybe I won't, or maybe I'll sign up for this thing. But you kind of, you put your email in, but you don't hit submit. And there's a big button that says submit. And you think like, well, my email won't be sent to them until I hit submit. (laughs) Nope. As soon as you type the letter (laughs) J, there it is and people do and and i've i've gotten an email from readers too and they've said that they've had this happen where they were like at a very specific site like somebody was at like a site that sells like uh i don't know japanese tea something very specific and did that entered some information in a form and then thought the better thought you know what i don't want to get this and 3 days later they got mail to their house like actual junk mail <laughs> from the Japanese tea company. Yeah. And that's the thing
1: that they, they, they claim to be able to take that information and just like find your address, like, like find where you're living. And uh, I guess from the, just from the email,
0: yeah. Some some way, some database of looking up email addresses and associating you know. it with mailing addresses. So anyway, yeah. I mean, and there's that's a better example of why there should not be JavaScript, or why you might not want JavaScript executing just by loading a page, right? If there's yeah. no scripting, all you're getting is is a display, some you know information displayed, text and video or images or something like that, and then nothing goes back to them until you click something. Anyway. Uh, what I did is, I thought, you know what, I haven't tried for a while, and I have, you know, I have one blocker, I have a content blocker, and uh, you know, I have uh, some ads blocked and trackers blocked and stuff like that, and it does seem to speed things up. But I thought, you know what, I haven't tried in a long time is what happens if you just turn j- uh, JavaScript off because that's a preference in Safari. You can just say, I don't want any JavaScript at all, and I did that. And I had the same experience with it. Was still Gizmodo's site. It loaded so fast that I, I, I thought <laughs> That's that has got to be wrong. Uh, and I was like, Oh my god, their site is so instantaneously fast when you turn off JavaScript. It's all JavaScript that makes that makes it take six seconds to load Gizmodo. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy that people just recklessly add all that. Every site in <laughs> the internet could be fast by today's standards, if if they didn't have all
1: that crap. Yet, yet here we are. My we're, favorite, t- we're doing a lot of complaining about the way things are right now.
0: My very favorite story that Forstall told, and I don't, I don't mind stealing it because it's so goddamn funny, is that uh, he said every time they went to he went to Cafe Max with Steve Jobs, <laughs> yeah. Jobs would insist <laughs> on paying, even if forestall was getting something that took a long time. Like he's waiting for a pizza to get baked and Steve's already got his salad or whatever he had. And he's like, just go, go. You don't have to wait for me. Go. And, and every time jobs would wait at the cashier and that they had a system <laughs> there. I guess they still have the system, but you just use your uh, employee badge and it just docks the food from your paycheck. Um, I don't know if people know this or not. Cause so many places in the Valley offer free food to their employees, but Apple does not <laughs> offer free food. <laughs> Uh, It's like, how do you get two hundred billion dollars in the bank? Well, you don't give them free food. (laughs) Sure, yeah, right, right. Uh, But and eventually he he said, Steve, you got to stop doing this. I can pay for my own food. And he goes, No, you don't understand. This gets docked out of your paycheck. Well, I only get paid a dollar a year. (laughs) I don't know how. I don't know how, where this money's coming from, <laughs> and stall starts laughing. He says he's a he's a billionaire, and he's scamming the company. And he said yeah. Jobs says multi billionaire. <laughs> yeah,
1: That was it. That was, I think that was a different that was a different anecdote. That was like that oh. was the thing where he's like telling he's telling people like they're pricing you're pricing. He was telling mm. Jobs you're pricing this too high. Right. Like people like you know I have friends who can't afford this thing, and he's like you you you. <laughs> you think it's funny because you're a billionaire? And he says, I'm a multi-billionaire.
0: <laughs> yeah, I conflated two stories. Anyway, the whole thing was chock full of good stories. I thought John Markoff did a pretty good job hosting it, uh, keeping it going. Boy, I, I felt like that could have gone on forever. I, I would like yeah. to see Forstall for three hours. They sort yeah, of it was, conspicu- really it was very good. Sort of. Conspicuously- I, fe- I felt
1: like I found the, the first three guys a little more... I don't know if it was relaxed or what it was. He felt like, I mean, he mentioned that he happened to mention that he was like, he was really into acting because he talked about all these mm. experiences that he's had since leaving Apple and on Broadway. Um, and he seemed like he was acting a little. Yeah. Um, the other guys just seem more natural. Like they were just shooting the breeze. Um, but his, sto- the stories were still great and it's, it's a, it's certainly worth two hours of your time to watch the whole thing. I think. Yeah. Um, uh... There is
0: actually asked. I guess there were questions from the audience, uh, which were done the right way. By the way, the right way to do questions from the audience or from the internet is to have them written on cards and given to instead of people standing up. Right, never ever ever yeah. do it with uh, people standing up because somebody will have inevitably like it's like a it's like flies drawn to a light bulb. People people who can't <laughs> who can't get a good question out of their mouth. But just keep running. Uh, we'll immediately go to the microphone. Uh, yeah. But one of the questions from the audience was uh, uh, asking if, if Forstall was wearing the same shirt that he wore at the <laughs> 2012 WWDC, and somebody looked it up and posted it to Twitter. It was, it is the same shirt. We <laughs> go with what works. Right. Uh, Boy, it did seem. It did not seem like Scott Forstall's been gone for five years. A, he looks great. You know, he doesn't look like he's aged. He
1: looks just. exactly. Yeah, he looks exactly. It right looks him. like
0: he's been like in a cryogenic chamber. <laughs> I don't know about you, I, and part of it is is that I'm, um am going gray over the last few years. Uh, but man, I mean, it's like I look back at pictures from five years ago, and I, I think, holy hell, I'm I'm really <laughs> I'm going to yeah. hell. <laughs> like, oh yeah, this is getting old. Uh, yeah. Or you know somebody will have a picture of it. There's a picture. Uh, we've got two babies in the family at the moment. We uh, and I like to hold babies. I do. I really do. I love babies. Uh, and I like it when when the, at a family get together if there's two babies at the same time. I like to hold two babies at the same time. <laughs> I do. So Amy took a picture of me with two babies a couple of weekends ago at a, at a family, a family birthday event, and uh, and I love the picture because I I, I look unlike almost all the time I, I am in fact genuinely happy at that moment <laughs> and you could see it but i was like oh my god look at all those lines around my eyes jesus forestall
1: i don't know what he's doing but <laughs> i don't like holding babies oh i, I love holding. i babies. never liked holding babies and and i was like when we decided to adopt i was like good because then you know like he's gonna be one <laughs> <I'm> not, <laughs> i won't have to carry this tight we have this we have these friends oh my god they had they had a they had a kid, like, a number of years before we adopted Hank, and um, this guy would flip the baby in the air. Yeah, that's what I do. I Well, I don't do that with other oh, people's babies, but I did it with oh Jonas. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. I would just, I would, it freaked me out. I had to leave. I mean, I just, like, I would just, like, go into another room. I could not bear it. Oh, I like throwing it's a baby like, You were going to drop this kid. No, you And I am gonna not going to be standing here when this kid suffers brain damage because <laughs> you're... <laughs>
0: I guess I do like throwing a baby in the air, but I must admit that probably <laughs> as sure-handed as I feel I am. I'm, I, I guess the odds of me dropping a baby do increase slightly versus not throwing yeah. it in the air. Yeah, I think but.
1: you should. I think you, and also you're getting older, so you should not be throwing babies anymore. <laughs>
0: Eyesight isn't what it used to be either.
1: Mm-hmm. Your depth perception, uh, <laughs> I, unless I, unless you're standing over a ball pit, yeah or yeah, yeah something like that A pool maybe
0: yeah uh i thought it was uncanny how it seemed like Forstall had only it hadn't even left like it both yeah. it just, the fact what? that he was wearing the same shirt that yeah. he had, doesn't look like <laughs> that he's aged and it just felt you know it's been five years since we've heard of him on stage at an event and it yeah. did not feel like five years ago it felt like yeah. you know like he was just at wwdc last week
1: um it's and the other thing that was interesting about that whole thing was how many, apparently how many other executives or former executives or whatever were or just people who worked on the phone were in the audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and they kept pointing, like, they all kept pointing people out. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think that helped make it sort of relaxed. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, uh, I think, I know for a fact, my, uh, Matthew Panzerino was there and he told me he saw Bertrand Sirlea. Uh, was in the audience no surprise Uh, I know he you know he's been rather quiet since leaving Apple as well Uh, um, you know I just Apple people you know I mean like how do you how do you fit in at a company where employees are expected to keep their mouth shut is you're naturally the (laughs) sort of person who keeps your mouth shut so it's not a surprise that you haven't heard from a lot of these people but I feel like Bertrand's role in the iPhone is sort of uh, I and again I haven't read the book, so maybe in that uh the new book, maybe there's a big chunk about Bertrand, but uh at a at a engineering level, uh from what I've heard from multiple people, like at that point where there was this well, do we do we base it off a stripped down version of Mac OS ten and the next libraries and everything, or do we build a thing from the ground up on Linux like a more like a gadget? You know, which was the Tony Fidel side of the thing, um, mm-hmm. and Forstall obviously, uh, famously led the what would become iOS. You know, led that team, but that at a, actually like running the engineering and stuff like that. Bertrand was a huge part of that as well, and and was a big supporter of the fight in terms of yes, I know it seems hard to believe now that this OS that doesn't really boot that fast on yeah. <laughs> Intel. <laughs> PC hardware will be able to boot in a reasonable amount of time on a friggin' cell phone. Uh,
1: yeah, well, that was uh, an interesting story. They they talked about how they went down and um, processors. They just kept like they started yeah. on a G5 and they got it to work, and then they go down to G4 tower, and then <laughs> they said they eventually they were like down on a like a tangerine. <laughs> iMac or yeah. iBook
0: <laughs> right, right right like they found one in a closet and <laughs> just kept trying to make it run fast on oh, crappier and crappier <laughs> hardware um, i
1: wondered about that because like one of the images that came out like could they all these images come out because of the um the legal stuff but one of the images that came out was when i think when they were early on working on the um just a just the tablet project before it became the phone project and there was like it was like a g3 tower it was like a mm-hmm. like a blue and white g3 tower in the room if i remember correctly and i was like why i mean the, like why would you be using that in 2003 or 4 even hmm. it's just guess that explains it <laughs> <laughs> i it's one of those things though
0: that's that's it, 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 in 10 years it's hard to overstate just how underpowered the arm processor was in that original iphone um i mean they show the hockey puck graph you know the hockey stick graph of gpu performance over time they show it every year when they come out with new ipads and iphones because the graph is still looking it's still going up at a very sharp peak but it's like you have to remember we were back there at the origin of that graph and we loved (laughs) it right we uh, absolutely loved that phone and that was with, you know, computing performance that was the butt end of a joke in their slides today, you know. And, and on the other hand, you've got all these benchmarks showing that the, the new iPad Pro is significantly faster in just about any benchmark you can imagine than the MacBook with the Intel processor. Yeah. But that was a huge problem back then, obviously. I mean, it was probably these, was probably these of all problems, it was probably the, the single biggest one you got the sense from them that it was just like, it seemed like an impossible task to put. And that's why, that's why the announcement was so amazing. Cause it just seemed like, well, there's no way that they could make Mac OS 10 run on a phone. Right. And yeah. But he was like, right, right. And they are like, <laughs> I don't, it looks like they did it.
1: And it a very, a very, um, unexpected. I mean, not, not in a way that you, that I thought of certainly before it was mm. announced.
0: No. Uh it sounds like, in a book, it's... It, it, again, I, I only read the Verge excerpt, but... Uh, you mean in terms of, like, coming up with a user interface for it? Yeah. 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 It sounds like the book really has some great tidbits from uh, from those guys that, that participated. The, Greg Christie was the leader of what was then Apple's Human Interface Group. And Boz Ording, and I forget who the other names... They all have cool names, like super yeah, cool names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but it was a really small team. Like that's one thing that I think is different about Apple then versus Apple today. Whereas I feel like that there is no like it was like a dirty dozen group, you know what I mean? It was like Greg Christie and his like 12 <laughs> hand-picked UI guys who did the whole UI for the original iPhone. And I don't think there there isn't really a team like that anymore ever since the when Johnny Ive took over. I mean it really does coincide with Forstall's ouster. But to have one design group under Johnny Ive that does all design, industrial design, software design. There is no more, like, one 10-person team who could do something like that. Mm-hmm. Anything else sure. from that event that that stuck out?
1: Um.
0: I guess it's worth observing that they didn't... And I'm guessing by gentleman's agreement that they didn't talk about Forstall's ouster, that it really was focused. Yeah, probably. I think, yeah. And yeah. historically, you know, I because I... Cause I, I I would I hope to hear that. I would love to, you know, I'd love to personally be the person to to talk to Forstall about that. Um <laughs> I don't think that's the sort of thing though, that plays well in front of a live audience. Like th- no. it would be a fantastic interview, but I yeah. think it should either be like if it were recorded, it would should be like a non-live podcast. That would be fantastic or do it for you know, record
1: it but do it for a written article. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean we've se- we've seen we've seen where some of the um the stuff that's in this book ends up uh getting people in trouble uh yeah definitely i have to you know just to go
0: meta for a second like that does it absolutely colors my questioning of uh like schiller and federigi two weeks ago at the live talk show is it's it, it like i guess the one question that uh, there was even did you did you listen to it there was a heckler mhm uh mm-hmm. It was like I don't know two thirds through the show, some shithead up in the balcony <laughs> yells, uh, "When is Siri gonna get good?" I didn't, he- I couldn't hear what the hell he said. I heard him say something, something Siri, and it, and I thought, boy, I really hope because that's uh, just two strikes and you're out is my rule for like a heckler. So I'll ignore it once. Yeah, and if it was if he had done it again, then I would have had to interrupt the show and ask ask people surrounding him to... <laughs> <laughs> show him the exit? Make Well, make him uncomfortable, I would have said. <laughs> nobody's here to listen to you. Uh, uh, that was the great... I have I've filed it away in my memory where I was at a Louis C.K. show. Uh, either I was at a Louis C.K. show or I was watching one on TV, or, or recorded, and he got heckled. And all he did was just stop his act, wait about two seconds, and he just said, nobody's here to listen to you, shithead. <laughs> and it's like... I was like, that is the greatest anti heckler thing ever like you don't even have to be clever it doesn't matter what they heckled you with because it's you don't you know you don't have to prove that you're clever enough to be funny and shutting him down on the fly by responding to whatever it is that he said you just say something that is absolutely true and works but anyway right, right um but there were people who said well then why didn't you drill them about siri and uh i kind of did like i tried to get at it with my question to them about you know most people in the industry seem to think that the, you know everybody agrees machine learning is is the big thing for the next decade and it's going to affect things large and small. Uh, new areas of technology, existing areas getting better um, But the consensus seems to be that machine learning is best done in the cloud, perhaps at the expense of personal privacy and Apple seems as committed as ever to doing it in a distributed fashion on devices how confident are you guys in that strategy and they both instantly said very and that you know gets at it because that obviously part of that is siri you know but so what am i going to say they're obviously confident in it and if i get up there and (laughs) rant about how bad siri is a i don't believe that that's true like i i'm actually among you know people who write and talk about these things i'm i think i'm a little more pro siri versus the competition than most people so it's not even my honest opinion but even if for the sake of devil's advocate uh I just don't think it's a g- great question in a live audience because they're not going to say anything. You know? Yeah, there's a certain contingent of people who want me to belittle them because they're so upset about Siri's <laughs> performance that they want me to, they want me to make Phil Schiller and Craig Federighi look small.
1: Apologize, right? Apologize yeah. or something,
0: and that's not going to happen, and it wouldn't play well on stage. But like when I've had them on the show. Uh, and it's not in front of a live audience, I feel like I ask a very different, it's a different interview style. Like, you have to play to the audience.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, right. I mean, in a way, it's an entertainment thing. It becomes more of an entertainment thing when it's in front of an audience. Right. And I feel like, and And, again, and you know, and everyone's drinking, and it's like, <laughs> you know... It really is. As somebody who gets up
0: on stage in front of several hundred or a thousand people once in a while... But has done it, you know, once in a while for going on ten years. It's it's like I'm not. It's not like normal to me. It always always feels extremely <laughs> abnormal. I would say for up to forty eight hours in advance, and you know, up to twenty four hours afterwards. It, uh, but if you, it's a lot easier to think that you, you know, you, when you're up there and there's people, you you cannot not be cognizant of the fact that you've got an audience to entertain. Yeah, you know, and and it's weird right. because you know I don't know a hundred thousand people watched the video afterwards, and there's a thousand people who were in that theater, and so uh, in theory it would make more sense to play to optimize for
1: the the Listening home audience, the, yeah.
0: But you can't, you can't no. not do it, and it's the same right. reason well, I because think... you
1: ruin you'd ruin the whole thing if you I mean if right. you tried to do that,
0: right? And it's exactly why you know. The tonight show or the late show you know a, a late night talk show has a different vibe to it than the evening news right it's like when they're yeah. just, when that you know or why the daily show had a different vibe than than the cbs evening news even though it was the same thing a guy reading the news on camera it's because there was an audience there totally changes right. it anyway yeah. uh good thing i'm keeping the show moving <laughs> <laughs> let me take a break and thank our next sponsor uh and boy do i love these guys this is uh, a great new sponsor recent recently a new sponsor for the show away away uses high quality materials to make uh really really nice luggage they've got four no nine colors and four sizes they've got the carry-on the bigger carry-on the medium and the large i love the names even because the names tell you exactly how big these suitcases are they're all made with premium German polycarbonate And it's really strong. They've got four-wheel rollers, uh, which is fantastic. And it's like the rollers are so easy. You just put this thing on the four rollers, and you just, like, touch it with one finger, and it just rolls down the airport with you. Uh, A TSA-approved combination lock. I don't know how good that is, those locks, you know, but it's the best you can do that's legal. Uh, And the thing about the carry-on that is so clever is it has a built-in battery charger and a couple of USB ports up there. So when you're at the airport and you're waiting, you don't have to hunt for a, uh, the one seat that's near a power outlet. You can just sit anywhere, and you could charge your phone uh, or charge two phones at the same time. And the battery, because you know it's small for the suitcase, but it's actually bigger than the type of charger you'd put in a, like you've carried in your pocket or something like that. It's big enough that it could charge a, fully charge an iPhone five times on a single charge. It's a great feature. I've used it. I have one of these, and I have used that feature because uh, I, for whatever reason, I think as soon as you go in an airport, your phone just instantly loses twenty percent battery. <laughs> just, ha- just instantly. It's like there's just, just the way they build airports, and it's like a Faraday cage. It's like it's signal is so bad, you need to charge it. It's a great product. Uh, and last but not least, they have just like a lot of these uh, uh, podcast advertisers, they have a super generous trial period. Buy one of their suitcases and you get a hundred days. You can live with it, travel with it, put it through the airport uh check baggage and let them toss it around. And up to a hundred days later, if you're not happy with it, they'll just give you a full refund and you send it back and you get a full refund. Uh I mean that's that does that make any sense? No, but it's that's how confident they are that you're gonna like it. Uh you even get free shipping on any away order within the lower forty eight states. Sorry, Alaska Uh, anyway uh, go check them out the URL which I should know but I don't have handy is awaytravel.com slash talk show awaytravel slash talk show and use that URL and you'll save 20 bucks off your suitcase 20 bucks right in your pocket my thanks to them Uh, I'll be packing an away suitcase uh, probably within half an hour of getting off this show today I really will. It's that's the honest to God truth. I wouldn't say it if it weren't true, John.
1: <laughs> I I wasn't questioning you.
0: I think I said this before. <laughs> I I don't I travel more than most people probably. I mean, and, you know, I, I travel for work, I travel for vacation with the family and stuff like that. Uh I've had the I had up until I got this away thing. I had the same carry-on suitcase since i can remember and i don't i had it for so long that i don't even know remember why i bought it originally because i i had it from before i regularly flew on airplanes i i i don't know and having an old busted ass suitcase it's with like wheels that don't really turn right and make noise it it was like the upgrade of a lifetime like and it's just one of those things where, I, I don't know, I waste money on so much stuff, as you well know, but it never seemed to me like the suitcase was still structurally sound and, you know, it wasn't ripped. It was just worn in the wheels, especially. Uh, and so it never that never seems like something worth spending, you know, money on. It's like, well, yeah. you know, I don't need a suitcase. I'll just use this old one. I'll tell you what, getting a new suitcase was a hell of an upgrade. I like
1: this. I really like the sound of that one that has the power in it. Oh, it's a fantastic feature. Yeah. It really is, cuz you never get it. You never get power at the airport. Never. No. There's always that one guy yeah. who's got like eight devices plugged into the two.
0: Yeah. Oh, that yeah. guy. Yeah. yeah. That's that's BS. That's 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 yeah. that's total crap. <laughs> that's a it's just a dick move. It it really is. <laughs> it's like taking a four top for, you know, you're you're like a one person, you take a four top at a seat yourself restaurant. Oh, yeah. And it, not, it you know, go sit at the bar if you're by yourself, you know what I mean? uh all right what else we got on the agenda anything else
1: uh, anything else from the uh from the event no i, I so. mean just another like another i don't want to give away all the anecdotes <clears throat> i don't want the, to um, the jobs anecdotes so that was the only other one but uh, so just watch it and you'll you'll learn all the jobs anecdotes yeah um,
0: does make you wonder like what apple looks like if Forstall hadn't left was there a path you know what yeah. what exactly was the nature of that that rift and the personal dispute? I mean, there's reports that uh, Tim Cook used to have to attend every meeting that <laughs> right. was attended. I think it was Johnny and uh, Forstall, but it might have involved. Oh, Bob, I, think, I thought it was a uh, Bob. Uh, Bob. Mansfield. Yeah, yeah. it might have been. It might have been, <laughs> been multiple people. Yeah, who, right, wouldn't, right. who refused to attend any meeting with Scott Forstall unless Tim Cook was there, and <laughs> as you might imagine. Uh, the company that was making all their money from <laughs> iPhones and iPads had a lot of meetings with Scott Forstall. Uh, but boy, yeah, he, that's it, yeah,
1: you can't you can't keep doing that.
0: But there was, I mean, there's just no denying it, though that that there was. There's an aspect of Scott Forstall that you can see why he was so in tune with Steve Jobs. You know, you can yeah, see why right. they had like almost a symbiotic relationship. That there's. There is a certain steveness to his way of looking at products and design and technology. Yeah. I thought it was interesting. I knew that I actually knew this I think. But uh Markov asked the something about skeuomorph- skeuomorphism and and Forstall was like, "You know, I'd never even heard of the word skeuomorphism until after, you know, th- <laughs>
1: People started blaming him for skeuomorphism.
0: Right. It's just like, I just know good design. And I, I, I'm i sure that's true. Like, it, skeuomorphism does sound like a word that was made up by people who don't like what it is. <laughs> like the, <laughs> the name does seem sort of negative. Right.
1: I didn't know what it was until that whole thing blew up. Either did you know? I mean, it was this no, something you would heard of before. No, I'd never heard of it before, it and I was never satisfied.
0: <laughs> I always, I, every time I put it on daring fireball, I was always, I still am, if it ever comes up again. It's, uh, it, it just seems like a, a a void in our vocabulary to talk about it. You know, I think I think it's better to talk about like textures and depth rather than flatness, uh, and even the word flatness is overdone. But there's no denying that. Uh, I, I nobody you you can quibble over what words we use but you can't deny that iOS 7 was flattened compared to iOS 6. Things mm-hmm. that used to look like they were 3D were now completely 2D. Yeah. Uh let's let's think about this. Uh how about this uh, story that the outline had uh on the, the leaks? Yeah, so Apple yeah. Apple has been hosting apparently a series of uh uh, unsurprisingly apple has a team of investigators to investigate uh product leaks uh and they're they're people you know formerly employed by like the the, uh, fbi and the i don't know cia or secret service Mm -hmm. i mean you know yeah unsurprisingly
1: this this came well this came out remember when the iphone 4 got stolen or appropriated or whatever you want to call it um picked up in a bar um and not returned uh they this i think that came out then that they yeah. had these investigators that were working in house and people were well some people at least were kind of like whoa why is apple uh, uh, employing these thugs <laughs> it's like cuz they're a huge company and they they're not they're not thugs they're just like they're looking into you know making sure that other companies don't steal their intellectual yeah. property yeah
0: that that it was definitely a little bit more faux outrage in th- when that phone was stolen uh at the reaction but it's like if you really look at what they did there was no step of the way that did that seemed inappropriate to me but there's some people who seemingly i I, you know like seemingly think apple shouldn't enforce this at all in the Mm -hmm. interest of free speech of their employees i guess you know that it's oppressive to to do anything in response I, it doesn't make any i don't understand yeah. how these people think like yeah. that but
1: i mean and there's a line in there uh, but i forget the name of the guy who does the, or the i think it's the guy right who does the pre- presentation um right. who they name um but he talks about how they're they're not talking about uh whistleblowers right they're, they're you know if, if Apple is doing something that's illegal right they're, this team we't want you to go ahead and tell people or um, you know or if it's like a
0: harassment type thing you know like yeah. if you feel like you know uh, you've been you know you're you're not being treated fairly because of your skin right. color or your your sexual orientation or whatever, and you want to report it this team doesn't come after you this team is yeah. specifically devoted to product leaks it actually right. you know and they even said like we don't you know they don't, they have no capability to monitor employee email et cetera yeah. um they just investigate things after the fact. I did. There was a. The, the article touched on the fact that they have an, a SWAT team for an accidental email. And then they never really followed <laughs> up on it. But, the, the, you know, the fact that email once sent can't be unsent. And so if you, you know, like uh, do like an accidental reply all
1: yeah.
0: and a and reply all chain includes somebody who's not disclosed on something that you just said to only the people who are supposed to be disclosed, they have like a. A a process, you know, like you can hit like the, hit the red button on your desk and they'll quick come in and do their best to, but I'm curious more about what, what exactly they do.
1: Do you mean to get rid of email? I I don't know. I I would like
0: to know, is it really only an internal thing? Is it, it, you know, internal to apple.com? What happens if it goes to somebody who's out in the outside world? You know, is there sort of a, uh, uh, not like a brute squad, but like a, yeah, a, a, right. almost like a PR team who comes to you know, sort of uh, bribe you or
1: you know cajole. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know what.
0: <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like it yeah, sounds right. like
1: there's a process for like you know. So you mean it, like if it goes to some like reporter at the New York Times or something like that? They well, to that would be. I think they.
0: I think if it went to a reporter, they'd know they're screwed.
1: And, yes. and it would
0: go through, and, and any yeah, anything right, would right. go through Apple PR at that point. But yeah. if it just goes to a random, I don't know, okay. part, part supplier, like a partner. Yeah, yeah like yeah. a partner.
1: Yeah, okay.
0: Right. You know, do they have like, I, I would guess that they have like an official team that goes to like yeah. encourage them to keep your mouth shut. Like, right. You're in the loop now,
1: but we're all friends, right? Yeah. <laughs> and apparently, I mean, they're, as far as like the supply chain, I mean, for years we were, have always, talked about the supply chain being the weak link yeah that was the big news information right yeah and And, that it's uh, not now and and now it's not as as of like a couple of years or something or just like like last year i think they said was the first
0: time where there were more leaks from cupertino than from outside uh and from the supply chain partners
1: yeah which i found very interesting
0: yeah i found that i thought that was very interesting too and i'm not sure from the outside it jibes with my view of the company still seems to me like we see an awful lot of unless they're false you know what i mean we we're seeing so many of these iphone parts parts coming out right and and i'm not and i don't see much that's leaking from inside the company you know i've I've i mentioned it before but you know like ios 11 and um mac going into
1: going into wwdc there was really not much no
0: almost nothing i i would say the least of any year in memory yeah um and you know maybe with high Sierra part of it is that there's just it's not that there aren't that many new features period but iOS eleven is certainly as mm-hmm. uh, as big a change as, as any other year other than iOS the, the big change with iOS seven yeah uh, what yeah. else was Did, in that the,
1: article he talked about, he talked about the number of people that they have working in the in the supply chain or a, any given time. Mm. Um, which I thought was interesting, and, and compared it <clears throat> compared it to the number of people who go through the top twenty five theme parks in the world. Oh, right, on any g- given day. Like, I thought that was a little unfortunate of a comparison. <laughs> like it's a really crappy theme park. <laughs> <You're> Foxconn <laughs> land. slaving away in <laughs> <and> Shenzhen. <on>. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't
0: that be great if that's how they started getting people to build phones? If they just <laughs> It's they just brand it as like a disney theme park but the theme is
1: <laughs> you can't but you can't get out yeah the theme is working yeah like it's a, yeah right
0: the theme is you've got to put, you've got to put 20 iphones together by the end of the day no matter how long it takes uh i i the other thing that was curious was that the inner or not uh the outline made clear that they had a recording of this whole session and that they said there was about a hundred people present um Again, I uh, it, there is this irony in a in a presentation on Apple's anti-leaking efforts actually leaking, uh, <laughs> and presumably whoever leaked it must have been offended in some way. I, I can't imagine what would motivate somebody who worked at Apple who was at this presentation to record it and leak it to the outline. I, I really. I really find that baffling.
1: Well, I, I think what might have—I mean, I'm speculating—what might have happened is that the, they record the session and then they put it online in the on their intranet, um, mm. so that people who couldn't attend the session could watch it. So it was easier uh, to get that. the to get it to somebody else. Like, yeah. maybe it's just like a.
0: Oh, that might that makes sense. And that actually, ob- that if that's the case, it would it would it would change my thinking on this. Was that. They could, if there were they didn't, the outline did not release the whole recording. Uh, and I think for the sake of protecting their sources, you know, that, they, yeah. but they just wrote about it, but there were direct quotes, but I feel like they could use those quotes to figure out which, you know, cause this presentation has been given to employees over and over. This is like something that's regularly given. Yeah. And they could triangulate exact quotes to say, this was the one that we gave on May 13th. And here were the people who were there, you know, Yeah. That yeah. the, the people who are these crack law enforcement agents who are investigators could could narrow down the list of people who were there pretty quickly if if it had to be recorded at the session.
1: Yeah, right. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what I don't know how they got it, but um, I I just know from having worked at a company that a lot of times like if you work in a in an operations unit and they have like some sort of thing that everybody's supposed to go to. You might not be able to go because right. you're unless you're doing it at off hours or something, because you, you're you need to be there all the time. Right. So, yeah, I could see it being like that.
0: But I think that you, the, you could watch
1: it from your desk, but you can't. Like I'm under the impression
0: though, that that presentation is given all the time. So it may not have been recorded because if you couldn't make the one on May 13th, you could just go to the one that's June 13th. Yeah. Right. On the other hand, there was nothing in it that was you know, other than the mild irony of an anti-leaking presentation being leaked. There really wasn't anything in there that was that made Apple look bad it's no. just something that they don't want to talk about.
1: Right. Anyway,
0: good scoop for the outline.
1: It was it. it was also funny that you were name checked.
0: Yes, that was true. They <laughs> uh they pointed out my my recent observations on scoops having run a bit dry lately for Mark Gurman. and they they seemed in to realize.
1: It was in the, it was in the Q&A part. Yeah. Um, I, maybe, somebody, I don't know. Yeah, I think so, and it was just uh so it was it was not yeah, I know that you're part of the uh the canned <laughs> Presentation, but um, somebody asked a question, and in, in response to the question, uh, that that uh was suggested, uh, yeah. that it's working. I mean, basically, that what you were saying, yeah, was showing that it was working. Yeah, well, it, it, it,
0: it, in particular, I, 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 you know, who knows? I mean, the kid has had a remarkable number of scoops, but he hasn't had any ones recently. And the the one in particular, I guess I should address it on the show uh, with the HomePod, you know, he there was nothing that Gurman reported about the HomePod that hadn't been reported at least a month earlier by Ming-Chi Kuo or uh, I forget the other guy. There was another guy who had a bunch of tweets about stuff. Um, and Ming-Chi Kuo had this thing. What is this thing on the top? Is it a display or not a display? And I got caught in a little squibble with people during WWDC about whether it's a display or not. It's definitely touch you can touch it and it definitely shows uh, plus and minus buttons when it's playing audio. And so that it changes from the little Siri waveform to showing a plus and minus. Um, but it's starting to sound like from what people are saying that it's not like what you would think of as a display with like right. 200 pixels per inch and it can display anything like the plus and minus buttons might literally be hard, hard coded buttons, more like, you know, the buttons on like your microwave oven or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that the waveform is somehow done with just like three colored LEDs and a diffuser. Uh, it's I, I didn't see it long enough to know. I mean, it definitely looked so fuzzy. So it's, project,
1: it's projected onto that instead of... Sort of, yeah, something yeah.
0: like that. Um, although that's, it seems like an awful lot of work when they could just do it with yeah. a screen and, and then they'd have the flexibility right. of changing it in the future. But it's starting to sound like it's not really a screen in terms of being able to display any arbitrary UI... Um, uh, and it's right. just, but it is a touch panel and it does light up and it does show things. So, you know, in some definition it's a screen, but it's not worth worrying about. But at the main point in terms of observing Mark German's uh, scoops is that he, he had nothing on that. Like there was nothing in his report that mentioned any, all he said, like the squabble is, uh, he said, you know, he compared it to the new Amazon thing that has a real display like a TV in your kitchen and that Apple's doesn't have anything like that. And that's all he said. So he obviously didn't know about the touch panel on top because he didn't mention anything about it. Yeah. And it's just an interesting observation that uh and you know, it, you know, he tomorrow he could hit publish on a huge scoop about an amazing right. thing that we haven't right. heard about it. You know, he's only, you know, he's always one, you know, verified tidbit away from publishing one. So, I mean, it could obviously end at any time, but it's it's obviously the case that he hasn't had anything exclusive in a long time.
1: So is it your, do you think that he gets his information from people inside Apple or people in the supply chain?
0: I suspect both. Okay. Uh, I think he also, I suspect just back, you know, I've always been curious at the meta level of, you know, his stuff. I think he used to have somebody in the store, somebody in the retail chain, because he'd get a lot of stuff at about the time that it might, Start percolating through retail, um, but like for example, he must have somebody inside Apple though at, at some level. Like his his best recent scoop was the AirPods. Like he had he described AirPods like eight months before they were announced, and nobody else had it. Mm-hmm. I think he even had the name AirPods, although that might have come from like a trademark filing. And I guess, mm-hmm. um, but he had the whole you know the description was spot on, and in the the whole idea that you would have like the the little case and that that's where you you know that they'd last for like a couple hours on their own but then you just pop them in the case and they charge back up uh you know he had all of that before anybody did so that had to have come somewhere within apple i mean i guess in theory it could have come from the supply chain but timing wise it seems like that was too early for the supply chain i think it came from somewhere within i think it came from somebody who was working on airpods and the thing that he had wrong about it was weird because he had it. He, he was projecting that it would be a Beats product, even though yeah. Beats did yeah. come out with their own thing. uh, But it, it was no way. But product marketing decisions are the ones that leak, leak the least.
1: Like you'd think that the same people who worked on the AirPods might work on the HomePod, but maybe not.
0: Yeah, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. It's hard to say.
1: Anyway, it'd be interesting. Yeah. And the other yeah. thing
0: too, is I wouldn't be totally surprised. I mean, it would seem unlikely, but, uh, what I've heard is what, well, why, why was HomePod only announced and not, uh, why isn't it shipping until December? And my understanding is that it's software that the iOS software, I don't know if it's the device that actually the software that runs on the device or the software that runs on like your iPhone and iPad that you can shoot music over to it. But it's the software is not ready is what I've heard. Um, and that the hardware is, is, you know, ready, readier to go. I don't know. <laughs> um, so I don't expect that they would replace that top touch panel with, you know, from a fake screen to a real screen between now and December, but you never know. Yeah. Uh, and I do suspect that strategically, uh, like, think about it. why would Apple announce this product so early? Well, because they don't have anything that it's competing against, right? They're not. Uh, What's that company that that famously uh, put themselves in bankruptcy by uh, pre-announcing their, uh, their upcoming computer?
1: Oh, yeah. Who was that?
0: Osborne Computer Company. So Osborne had like a PC, and it was in the early years when it was uh, so fun, and there were like 14 different companies with their own competing uh, uh, PC platforms, and Osborne <laughs> was one of them. And they got up and said, here's what our next one is going to do, and it's going to be so amazing. And so everybody stopped buying the one that they were selling. <laughs> <in> a-
1: <laughs> Don't buy this crap. And they went out of business before they could (laughs) ship
0: the one that they were talking about. So uh, Apple can't Osborne itself with this because they don't sell a smart speaker right now, right? It's the same reason they could pre-announce the iPhone in January when it didn't go on sale until the end of June. All in fact, strategically, it makes sense because it might stop people from buying competing products in the interim, right? Like it makes me a little less likely to buy a new Alexa uh, if I if I think I could wait till December and maybe choose between that and this. Yeah. Um, but then on the flip side all they demoed was how good it sounds because it sounds so much better than the Alexa yeah. um,
1: so you, you heard the yes the sound I, you could hear it playing
0: I they had played like six songs for us in a reasonably what could reasonably be a, a living room yeah uh, um, it sounded fabulous yeah truly fabulous
1: but but no one touched anything
0: no not allowed to touch yeah uh and somebody i was in a demo with like four other people and the one guy uh uh at the end of it uh they you know i asked if i could touch the plus and minus buttons and they said no uh <laughs> uh and the one guy uh said hey siri and tried to get it to uh tried to get it to talk <laughs> and they were like nice try uh <laughs> No, but the other thing, but they showed so little of the software, uh, in both in terms of what you can do by touching the thing itself, and uh, and how you're going to control it, and how you're going to set it up, that. It, but that makes sense that they wouldn't show that, just because they wouldn't want. That's the sort of thing that that if they have any clever ideas, they don't want to give their would be competitors a heads up
1: in copying yeah. them. Right. Right. You know. They but I do sh- wonder. I do wonder if they just. I mean, if at this point they just have the like. The speaker hard, hardware finalized and maybe there's a, leg, a bunch of other things that control it that they're not set on yet.
0: No, I heard through the grapevine that this is a product that has been being worked on for a while okay. and, and that more or less there was a team working on it for a while, but it got no interest at the top levels of the company. But then, once like Alexa really started taking off and getting a lot of press, they were like, don't we have a thing? Don't we have people working on this? (laughs) Can't we ship one of these tomorrow? Yeah. And they were like, yeah, we got these guys over there and, you know, building whatever, working on it. And then they like went over and looked at it. And then they were like, hey, this sounds amazing. Uh, Like Schiller even said at my show, like the team that does the the acoustics of this is, uh, you know, super, super talented. I mean, the thing really does sound amazing. Yeah. Uh, it sounds good, and it does not sound like one device. It does not sound like you know the, the, this fake uh, or simulated surround sound. It, it's a real thing. It's a you know. I'm not saying it actually sounds better than having two speakers, but it certainly doesn't sound like one speaker.
1: Yeah. It's no, a, we have I have a Sonos, and the Sonos sounds great too.
0: Yeah. yeah, and the Sonos that they had next to it sounded very good, but not quite as good. Yeah, but that was very a, a nice thing that they did by having the Sonos there. Uh. What were we t- talking about? Leaks. Leaks. <laughs> As I talk about somebody who told me that the, the team had been working on this for a while. Uh,
1: well, that's a, that's more of a that's more of a positive story, right? That's not that's not like a. Yeah, and
0: it's not really a leak. It doesn't it's it's, <clears throat> yeah, it's not going to no. nobody's going to have a, 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 a it's not going to be a Mac rumors story tomorrow. John Gruber right. says on podcast that Apple had a team working <laughs> so, on HomePod. has been working for a <laughs> while. Someone actually had been
1: working on this <laughs> top <It's not> people.
0: <laughs> All right, let me take a break here and thank our third and final sponsor. And then we're going to hit the home home stretch of the show. It's our good friends at Squarespace. Squarespace is where you go to make your next move. Look, the next thing you're going to start, you're going to need a website for it. Where you go to make a new website, start at Squarespace. They handle everything. They do domain name registration. They have all the hosting. They provide all the analytics, the stats. So you could see where, you know, where your traffic's coming from, which pages are popular, where the referrals are coming from. All the analytics, all built in. They have a storefront. They handle all that secure stuff, the credit card processing, the SSL, uh, you know, to, to make sure everything goes over HTTPS. And they, the thing they're most famous for is they have all this design where they have all these templates to choose from, and they're super customizable, and your Squarespace site can look like your brand, not like, oh, it's one of the seven well-known Squarespace templates. I'm telling you, you would be shocked how many uh, businesses and sites that you go to are Squarespace sites that you just have no idea just poke around sometime like when a new restaurant opens up and has a very cool-looking website. View source and see if it's Squarespace up there in the the little HTML headers, and you'll, you'll be surprised. Like last three times I've done that here in Philadelphia with a new re, uh, restaurant, uh, it's been Squarespace. Um, in fact, I think there's even a shortcut. I think you can just hit the escape key, and it's like a Squarespace shortcut for like getting to their control panel. Um, anyway, I cannot emphasize enough how much time effort you'll – you'll save by going with Squarespace instead of doing this yourself and how much money you'll save versus like paying thousands and thousands of dollars to have somebody build you a website. You could just do it yourself. You don't have to be an expert on web design or uh, the web technologies. It's like Squarespace makes it as possible to just do your website yourself and have it look great as like word processing was back in the day, as opposed to hiring somebody to type up a professional resume for you. Right. It's like, that's what they've done for the web. It really is. It's, it's they've taken it to that level. Um, they sponsor the show all the time. You've heard of them, uh, but they, they keep sponsoring because you guys keep going there and checking them out. So do it. Remember, go to squarespace.com and use this offer code Gruber, my last name, and you will get 10% off your first purchase. You can even purchase up to a year in advance. So you could save 10% for the entire year if you use that code Gruber. Mm-hmm. So remember that and, uh, my thanks to them for supporting the show and my thanks to all of you who, who are apparently making Squarespace websites and using that
1: code. Did you, uh, you you saw the report that, well, speculation that the iMac pro, the keyboard might come with touch ID. I guess it has a, uh,
0: yeah, uh, I wonder if they could do it over the air, though, to the keyboard. Uh, yeah, yeah, somebody... somebody... So iMac...
1: So who is this? Uh, Pike? What's his name? Christopher Pike? No, that's the captain on Star Trek. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I'm sure it'll be in your show notes, but uh, the iMac Pro comes with a uh, secure Enclave processor.
0: Yeah, they and they figured this out by looking at... I don't know if it was High Sierra. Probably High Sierra, because there's no reason that it would be in regular Sierra since the iMac Pro is never going to run regular Sierra. Uh, somebody was poking around the bits of the High Sierra developer beta, and they found there's also, you know, you can often find little tidbits of upcoming hardware in there. And uh, long story short, it, you know, the proof of it, you know, you have to be like a super nerd to figure it out. But <laughs> looks like it might have an ARM coprocessor like the, the Touch ID sensor in the, the MacBooks, MacBook Pros. I wonder though if they could do it wirelessly. I mean, it'd be cool if they did, but maybe the Touch ID sensor would be somewhere. You know, uh, <laughs> it'd be like the, uh, trying to get the SD card slot in the back. <laughs> like,
1: well, but they um, they do uh, they do Apple Pay, <clears throat> so you can. I mean, you can pay like if you don't have like I have Touch Bar MacBook Pro, but um, you can Apple Pay from your phone or from your watch yeah. on your Mac.
0: Yeah, but that's different than having the actual processor, you know what I mean? The actual system on a chip, you know what I mean? Like, you could do Apple Pay on – I could do Apple Pay on my old MacBook here. Yeah. You know, it does as – it's, you know, Apple – you but just what, need – But, I mean,
1: you, you can do it – you can validate from your phone or from your watch?
0: Yeah. I could do it from okay. my phone. Like, if I go to somebody's website who has Apple Pay on their website, it'll just ping my phone and I can touch okay, ID so it
1: doesn't have any – so well –
0: no this would you be know, like a way, I, don't, I don't know how that this works. <laughs> well it, they could put the sensor in the keyboard although they've shown the keyboard and it didn't look like it had. It didn't it. look like
1: it had one yeah right
0: um who knows who knows what they're doing with it you know it could be that they've got that you know they've they've got a little ios processor in there for an entirely different reason you know you know like in the way that uh your AirPods are really tiny little ios computing devices you know, but you don't think of them as such. There might be some sort of cool feature in there, but they were like, "Well, we could do it," but it would almost be like building a computer in a computer, and they'd be like, "Well, we can do that," but who knows if it's touch ID?
1: Yeah, it seems at some point that that <laughs> I just don't If you're not if you're not gonna have the the stuff available on all your platforms, it seems kind of weird to me. But I guess you I mean, you can do the touch bar on on everything.
0: I guess so. I'm I'm a little bit surprised that the new macbook didn't have the touch bar and and there were no rumors about it having it but i just thought well why wouldn't they you know that yeah. like it's not like yeah. the thing is sold at a discount it's a pretty expensive computer really right uh and i mean you know but it could just be space you know obviously that thing is you know it's like three sheets right. of paper thick yeah so but i i don't know i was a little surprised that it didn't have it Uh, same way I, I would guess that ProMotion is coming to the iPhone this year. Right. Like, I shot my mouth off about True Tone coming to the iPhone. But that makes sense because True Tone requires sensors to sense the ambient light, and sensors take up space and the phone doesn't have space to spare. I mean, they yeah. I don't know if you heard, but they even took, nobody noticed, but last year they took out the headphone jack. <laughs> uh, they took out the headphone jack on the iPhone because they, did, they needed the space. So the fact has that anybody they,
1: told the, has anybody told the
0: verge? <laughs> I don't think so
1: <laughs> someone should call the verge uh,
0: so I would expect but I would expect because uh, I think all you need for promotion is you need the software support in iOS and you need a really super fast GPU and uh, they've already done the work in iOS obviously and uh, the GPU I would guess is not going to you know I, I would mm-hmm. guess that the iPhone is going to have a nice GPU. <laughs> So I I would hope that it has this uh, promotion,
1: but it seems like they they've they've got a few technologies floating out there that are on certain devices, but not. I mean, like three D touch is not on the iPads either. Right,
0: right. I I wonder about three D touch. I, I, I wonder. I don't know. I feel like it, it. That's a that's a feature that I I just don't, I still don't know if I like it.
1: I I mean I only had it for a little while, well six. 7 months, something like that. Um until the SE came out. Um and I liked it. <clears throat> I think using it in in Tweetbot was the was probably the single biggest because you could look, you could just 3D touch on a tweet and see the um the th- thread basically, or, you know, replies and stuff like that. So, what? I used that a lot. Um but I didn't use it that much. I mean, it was and it was early, but I didn't use it that much like in Springboard to do special things with that. See, I, do, I use Tweetbot every day. Tweetbot is usually the number one battery
0: usage <laughs> on my phone. And I say that not as a complaint that Tweetbot is an abnormal battery right. hog, but it, it's just, yeah. it's the right. most, it's the app it's I, where I use. where you spend your time. I spend by far the most time on Tweetbot. I did not know I could 3D touch on a tweet. Huh. <laughs> but I don't like it. I don't think I like it as much as swiping from right to left. I get the same hmm. view if I swipe right to left and it feels faster to me.
1: I feel like... Well, I, Touch, I, I don't know. I just I liked it because I could do it and then I could release and that it was a little easier than going back, but... Right. Uh, does your iPhone SE have
0: a real button or a home button or a virtual yeah. home button? Yeah, a real button. So you have a yeah, real Yeah, I mean, it's
1: basically... Other than the, uh, you know, the chips and stuff like that on the inside, it's that's, identical to the 5S. That's
0: where I'm... Uh, that's where I'm, I am sold on the haptics. I love that button. I have to say... I like
1: that button too. Right. I mean, I was perfectly fine. I, I've only... Oh, well, guess the 6S did not have that button, right? No, it, it started 6S, but but I have used, I mean I've used yeah. um, my wife's and my son's 7. And I I'm perfectly fine with that button. Yeah. Uh totally so. I think I
0: feel I just feel like 3D touch has to get better. And I kind of feel like it needs to be everywhere. Like that's yeah. I think that even <clears throat> to get back to your point. Well, that's
1: kind of how I feel about the touch bar too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, and I feel like the touch bar, honestly, I feel like the touch bar needs 3D touch. I want those buttons to click a little bit when Mm -hmm. I tap them. I don't like that they're inert.
1: Yeah, that would be better. uh, And
0: it's just because it doesn't, they did this thing with a diffuser so that it looks sort of like fake keys. It doesn't look like a bright, shiny display. It's not glossy. It has sort of a matte finish. And it's diffused a little bit so that the fake keys look like real keys. It's a very nice effect. It just makes it less distracting than it would be if it was like a you know bright, shiny iPhone display going across the top of your keyboard. But it also means to me like it feels like they should they should click a little bit. Like I don't like yeah. it when I'm using like a microwave oven or something where the they have these permanent hard you know, the buttons are painted on the device, but they don't, if they don't give any physical feedback at all, if they just beep or whatever, I, I find that unpleasant. Yeah. I feel like they should, you know, just give me a little feedback, a little click. Uh, what else do we have going on? We've got, uh, how about all this Uber crap that's going on? This is me, <laughs> this is me reading from my notes for the show. <laughs> all this Uber crap that's going on. There's part of me. I've linked to a lot of this stuff recently, on Daring Fireball, and I've been following along. And there's part of me is like, why the fuck do we even care about this? I mean, it does. It is sort of. uh, I don't know if we're right to be fascinated by this, or if are we wasting time?
1: No, I think. I mean, I I believe that you (laughs) you vote with your dollars, and so you should. I mean, that's one one of the reasons why, in general, I like buying Apple stuff because i think in you know certainly in terms of privacy i think they care a little bit more about people's privacy than everybody else um and if i have options at the very least i want to use somebody who is uh, a better citizen if they're you know and i and i don't want to i don't want to funnel i mean i think you you can see uh you feed this sort of toxic machine when you funnel money to these people who are themselves toxic so i don't want to give <laughs> Travis kalanick any more money you, you,
0: you know a lot of people who work at apple you 've met them over the years that you know i 'm not saying to at you know it 's a big company and they 've hired more, but in general, people who work at Apple in my experience are good people they're they're just tend to be nice people like they' 're sort of people who to a person, like if they noticed that you left your wallet behind and they don't even know who you are, they're going to grab it and say, hey, hey buddy, you just left your wallet, right? Like they're, you know, and the world is full of good people. I think most people are good, but Apple definitely is a company whose culture uh, is mostly good people. I don't understand how an entire company could form around (laughs) such a moral (laughs) abyss as as Uber. (laughs) Like, and the um, one to me and I, the the whole thing with the culture of of sexism rampant rampant sexism and and just just the absolute worst you know uh, sexual harassment on the job and uh, uh, uh hr system that obviously was just flushing the reports of it right down the freaking toilet uh it, it's absolutely horrible but the, this Kalinick is you know like there there was that guy email whatever his name is his number two guy and and that he oh, yeah. literally threatened Sarah Lacey, a r- r- reporter who's now like the founder of Pando, like literally th- threatened her and said like, why don't, you know, and and th- was recorded... Talking to someone and saying, "Well, I'm I'm thinking what we should do is hire investigators to look into her." Yeah, to another reporter, and the other reporter is like, "Why are you telling me this?" And he goes, "Well, this <laughs> is off the record, right?" And he's like, "No, you do no, not say that. You just told me this." <laughs> and so we reported it, and they didn't fire the guy. Like, how do you not fire? How 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 are you the CEO of this company? Yeah. Other than the answer being that you yourself are a horrible person, right? Like you say, well, this guy was, you know, it's not like he was alleged to have said this. This is actually what he said that we're going to hire investigators to dig dirt on people who write critical articles about Uber.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Look into their personal lives. Yeah. And you say, yeah, that's my number two. I like this guy. I like his style. I like the cut of his, <laughs> like the cut of his
1: jib. <laughs> He's gone now, though, right? Yeah. I get, well, they're all I think, yeah. I think that guy is gone. Yeah. And obviously, Colinick is not gone. But um, yeah, I just, I don't. <laughs> I, I understand that there are some, in some instances, um, and for term, for, you know, purposes of safety and a variety of other things, uh, you have to use sometimes a service from a company that you might not right. generally approve of their conduct. Um, but you know, in, in, in instances where I do have a, a choice and, and I mean, I will, I mean, I like, so when we were in San Diego, I just, we just used Lyft the whole time. And not that Lyft is a Lyft is not a perfect company either by any stretch of the imagination. However, they seem to be objectively better than Uber. Yeah. Um, and at a certain point, you, I think there, you know, a company can get so bad where you just say, you know what, I cannot use this company at all.
0: Yeah. It's, you know, I anyway, the other thing, I don't want to spend too much time on Uber, but the other thing yeah. is I can't, uh, I, I, I can't. I can't get what their business is. I don't see why people think that this, I don't, uh, and uh, yeah, I don't see why there were $70 billion because yes, they did change the world. They, you know, the world's a different place now with these ride sharing services that you can hail. And it's really great. And, And for some people it's, you know, it's even more important than others, you know, uh, just because they weren't serviced by taxis, it's not just like yeah. oh, taxis were uh, uh, unpleasant, and now Ubers are pleasant. But there wasn't even taxi service from A to B, and now they can get an Uber, and they don't have to drive. Uh, and surely, it's a good thing. It's a tremendous thing for, to, to keep people with uh, who've had a couple of drinks off the road. You know, to, it's so much easier from so many places uh, that that before you were either you either drive yourself and you know take a chance, uh, which is a terrible thing to do. Back to texting and driving, (laughs) especially if you take a couple drinks and you're texting (laughs) while you're driving home. (laughs) Uh, I mean, it's you know, I've seen stories about it. It has a measured, you know, the world's a better place with this, but I don't see how they have a unique competitive advantage. Like as soon as they raise their rates to pay their drivers Mm -hmm. enough. Somebody else is going to undercut them on price. Like it's naturally going to be a commodity type thing, and the technology isn't really that difficult, right? You just need GPS and maps, and you don't have to do the maps yourself. There's just APIs so you can use, the iOS maps or Google Maps. Yeah. So I don't see how they're worth money. I mean, I think that's why they were so <laughs> hell bent on developing their own <clears throat> uh, self-driving c- car right. technology that they would right. literally hire hire a guy to steal. Yeah, because Google's I mean, stuff. I mean, a
1: lot of these a lot of these drivers drive for both.
0: And if they could, in theory, if they came up with a self-driving car technology uh, that, that they t- own the technology to, well, then there's a the business. Because then mm-hmm. it makes, you know, obviously it reduces what they pay their drivers to zero, and right. it's something that they can license to others. But as it stands now, as the app where you say, give me a ride, and then your ride shows up, I don't see how that's a $70 billion business. i think that and i the other thing too i don't get is i don't see how they think they're somebody's going to take the job as ceo but who the hell i I wouldn't take it (laughs) because kalanick is still on the board because they can't really get rid of him because he owns uh he owns all the stock and they can't just take a stock away
1: yeah i mean i they got bozeman st john right yeah um from apple and we still don't Um, know why yeah I don't really know why either. Um, I I have a theory on that. No, I don't know. So I don't know if they're, but I don't know if they're like actively like trying to go out and say, okay, well let's let's make some some high profile. Well, somebody
0: as, somebody I did not or, I can't prove this. Somebody somebody on Slack today said that they're apparently the word is that they're trying to get Sheryl Sandberg from Facebook. Um, oh. <laughs> it would be a fantastic hire for Uber. I can't see why she would prefer, right, being number being number one at Uber. To, you know, which has a bat. It needs a cleanup. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. Uh, might have a severe fundamental business problem. Why would she leave <laughs> Facebook for that? Uh, but um, you know, who knows? But anyway, but I, so with Bazoma St. John, I here's my theory: is that uh, from Uber's perspective, you could see why they'd want her. Uh, she is obviously a very dynamic personality. She's great. Uh, she's black. She's a woman. That's a lot of problems perception right. problems that Uber's had is that it's a company run by straight white guys yeah. who are assholes. Uh, she's obviously, you can just tell, I mean, her her Twitter handle is badass. boss. She's not going to take any bullshit, right? Yeah. Uh, so if if they're hiring her to be the public face of Uber's product marketing, because I can only imagine she'd leave Uber, you know, that it must have been a, a very sweet offer. Uh, yeah. That's a great hire for them, and I can kind of see why she would take it, because she could, being... Uh, like the, the public product marketing face of Uber is way more time than she's ever going to get at Apple, right? She's one mm-hmm. of many product marketing stars within a very large company. Right. So I can see it. I've, the people who are totally baffled by that, I actually... And, you know, in terms of, wow, it's a rotten culture in there. I, I salute her if she's going in there to say, I, I can help fix this, or, you yeah. know? Like, I don't think she's going in there. I, I would be shocked. I've never met her,
1: but I would be absolutely shocked from what I know of her that she was going in there and saying, well, yeah, you know, if... if I guess, I like, mean, like, as someone who's never, like, I, I've never been in a position, um, <laughs> I've never been in a position of power <laughs> in an organization. <laughs> Not really. I mean, like, a brief, <laughs> like, I was a manager for a small small amount of time. But, um, and so just, like, to me, like, the idea of going to work someplace that's so toxic just seems like a... Forget that. I'm yeah. Not gonna, I, I'm not I, gonna I, deal with it. your shit. I would only yeah, I'm I don't
0: feel like my personality is such that I come in and change a culture. I, I want to go somewhere and fit in and feel like this is a culture that I support. But yeah, I, that's I like totally...
1: like I think about places like where I would like to go to work, you know, like it's play it's people that I know like right. like panic or so, you know, like somebody that I know who I like. It'd be great to go work there. Right. But yeah, going to work for a bunch of dicks <laughs> doesn't seem like a good time. No, it does not. Uh, what else do we got here? Do you have a Nintendo Switch? <laughs> that's that's a that's a sore spot. No, I do not have a Nintendo just, Switch. So I've screwed it up. I've screwed it up like twice now, and I don't have one. Nintendo came out today in an interview with ours and said they are not
0: purposefully under. Un, you know under under producing yeah well I,
1: I mean i had heard that like i mean the rumor was that uh, apple is scooping up all the chips and they, they can't get any
0: don't you think i saw that story don't you think that that's just a, a typical way to put yeah. apple in the headline because all yeah the, if you yeah. read the actual article they weren't literally saying apple in particular they were saying that they're one of you know that there are components that all of these devices use you know like ram yeah. chips and stuff like that and bigger companies like apple and samsung get to the head of the line yeah. I mean, you know, if anything, it, if you wanted to be fair, it should have been Apple and Samsung because they are the two gorillas. Yeah. Nobody in, wants it to be in fair. Terms though. Of, you just, you know, <laughs> like you, you're waiting in line for the movie, the movie to, to sell you a ticket and Apple shows up and just says, we're going to buy all the tickets. <laughs> well, <laughs> right, it, yeah, right. uh, you know, kind of sucks, but that's, you know, that's what happens when you're, you're buying yeah. 70 million, they're making 70 million iPhones a year. So we yeah. got to switch a couple, a bit ago. Uh, Friend of the show, Matthew Panzerino, hooked me up. He texted me the one day he was in Target, or, and he's like, "Oh my god, they've got switches on the shelf. Do you want me to get you one?" And I was like, "Yes, oh, god. yes, Goddammit. get me one and send it."
1: <laughs> oh no, what happened? I gotta, I gotta talk to him.
0: <laughs> what happened first was he texted me like the week before and said, "Amazon just got a." He knows I want one, and he said, "Amazon just got a shipment of switches," and. I went there, and they had them.
1: And you you were on the Slack with me. I, was, I yeah, yeah. I, I dicked yeah. around on the Slack. That's what I did. I dicked yeah, around. I on waited a... like an hour thinking about it, and then they were yeah. all gone.
0: Yeah, I was trying to figure out, like, do I want one Pro Controller or two? Uh, and then I was like, I, I, uh, I guess I'll just get one to start. And if we like it, we'll get another one. And, I go, and they're all gone. I was like, ah, oh, John, dumb shit. <laughs> so the next time, I, I didn't hesitate. Anyway, I got one. Here's my one-word review. It's very fun, and I like it. <laughs> and it has a very, very nice onboarding. Like setting it up was very nice. Okay, but I haven't really played enough. And the other problem okay. I have, uh, you might appreciate this, I'm having problems getting Jonas to play with me because we only really have two games. We've got the Zelda and we got the Mario Kart. And I, I'm not interested in the Zelda. Maybe someday I'll, uh, if I get sick or something, I'll spend a day with it or whatever. But Jonas seems to like it. But with the Mario Kart, the problem is, is that I, I'm still good enough at Mario Kart where I beat Jonas, and now he, oh, won't, okay. now he won't play with me.
1: Hmm yeah he won't play with you at all huh no he we doesn't haven't played say mario kart that. in a long time but we uh, we play a lot of other things um and he he's getting to the point where he can beat me at a few things and he's beat me at mario kart a, a few times now i still i still usually win but uh we he's, he's getting there we had a game for the
0: uh the wii u which was, you know, it was a lamented purchase of overall. Yeah. But we had a, mm-hmm. a James Bond game. I think it was called Goldeneye, but it wasn't the old classic N sixty four. It wasn't like a remake. It's just, you know, they just made a new James Bond first person shooter, but it had a mode like the old N sixty four one, uh, where you could do a split screen and so two me and Jonas playing side by side could play each other. I, I I couldn't even get a shot on him I, I mean he just kept blowing my head <laughs> off and he just and I was trying my best and I used to be really good at the n64 version of that game I used to be really good at it uh I, I just couldn't I, yeah. I've lost my 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 reflexes are lower I don't really I don't play any first person shooters so <laughs> that's, why you sh- that's why you shouldn't be flipping any babies <laughs> <laughs> and i i mean like to say that he'd wipe me out was is an overstatement and and he'd start like gloating and purposefully using shitty <laughs> shitty guns you know <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I've got, like, some kind of, you know, monster Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, rack-mounted, you know, uh, yeah. machine gun. You the,
1: you've got the rail gun, and he's, he's with a, he's got a pistol. He's
0: got, like, a revolver on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> and he'll, like, shoot a couple off. He'll, like, here, I'll empty half the clip. And
1: <laughs> it's like, oh, come
0: on. But now he won't play Mario Kart, because I've come in first, and he comes in second? Makes me mad. <laughs> and what he does is he sort of, what he started doing, like, last week, is sort of passive-aggressively, like, not even trying. Like, and he'd come in 12th.
1: And it's like, come yeah. on,
0: at least give me a fight.
1: We've got, we have a, uh, like a classic, like a used game place over at the mall. Um, and, uh, and now Hank is like in love with this place. Like he, so we go over there and we get old games and he got, uh, I think it's the force unleashed, yeah. um, for, I think it's yes, yeah, it for the, yes, yeah, for the Wii U, um, or for the Wii maybe it might've been before, but, um, he played, so he got that and he played it for a little while and, you know, and then he wanted to play me. And so he was, he was killing me. And then I started getting better. It was, like, <laughs> like, And then, and then sure enough, he was, yeah, he hasn't asked me to play in a little while, but he's still, <laughs> I think he's still better than at it than I am. And, uh, but, but if that's the kind of, I think, he, but I, that's the kind of one that I would, I would pick up fairly quickly.
0: No. Yeah. On a, uh, I, and again, I'm not a serious gamer. Jonas is, but Jonas, you know, he has a PlayStation and he, you know, is very serious about it uh he 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 acknowledges that the the switch graphics are fine you know and for for rendering nintendo style games it's terrific i thought even the wii u looked sort of and i don't know maybe it's even like the same technology maybe it's not even that much better of a platform than the wii u but there's something about it that feels better to me
1: yeah it's packaged much better
0: yeah And the responsiveness on the little handheld screen is terrific. Whereas that the the one that came with the Wii U, man, that thing was a
1: turd. Yeah, no, it's not. It's no good. Yeah,
0: so it's good to see Nintendo having it back. Yeah,
1: definitely back on their game. That's my yeah, and I, you know, I am, I am, I have alerts set up (laughs) waiting to get. And you can buy like GameStop has like packages that you could buy, but none of the packages were ones that I really wanted. Yeah, and there's, um, it's like because I would like yeah, I mean like Breath of the Wild and um, Mario Kart would be the two ones yeah. that I would really want, and these were ones that I didn't even. <laughs> it's like know the, of I the, mean, the like, grocery, you know, like <laughs> so so yeah, you know, so basically they're selling like it's you have to pay four four hundred yeah. bucks, um, but you do get a couple extra things. Yeah.
0: Uh, I think that's about it. I got to get going uh, unless there's anything important that you think that uh, we didn't talk about. Uh, no, Chris Lattner left Tesla. Wanna...
1: Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, we, we we were did not discuss that. But... Yeah, that's a weird one. So Chris yeah. Lattner was
0: an inventor of the Swift programming language and, and all sorts of other developer technology at Apple. And uh, in a somewhat surprise to, I think a lot of people left in January to become the, to head up Tesla's self-driving Software uh, uh, group, and uh, like two days ago, abruptly left the company. Uh, yeah, I don't know what the heck
1: went on. Well, there. I guess that's the other thing about you know, like when you're in that level of position, if you probably I'm, learn pretty, you probably learn pretty quickly if things are working out or yeah. not, like if, or if I'm, it's what you know what you want. I'm worried for him because I
0: feel like with his meager <laughs> resume, he's. <laughs> He's gonna have a hard time getting another job.
1: He's, a, he's only got seven years on Swift. <laughs> his resume. A lot looked, of jokes about that recently. <laughs> his his resume,
0: if you just look at it, looks like the combined resume for like the Stanford Computer Science Department's faculty. <laughs> Like if you're like a kid going, you know, like a hotshot kid with a uh, high SAT score, and you want to go study comp sci, and you go looking at Stanford, and you're like, "Well, what's the faculty done?" And they, their joint accomplishments were Chris Latner's. You'd be like, "Oh, that seems like a pretty good school." Yeah, I feel like he. And I
1: like it. how it's formatted, like it's Usenet or something. Oh, it's, I love it! I love it! It's uh, totally old school, a million years old. It's. I, I think it's like a <laughs> like she doesn't get like like if, if you want me, you know you want me. <laughs> I
0: think that it's. I think it's formatted as. That's what HTML looks like if you don't use any CSS. It's just like the default, you know, which I kind of love. Yeah, definitely. So anyway, good luck to him. I wouldn't be surprised if he wanted (laughs) a back Best wishes. Thoughts (laughs) and
1: prayers. (laughs) All right. (laughs) I hope he lands on his feet.
0: I have got to run. Okay. Uh, Thank you, John, for joining the show. This was a lot of fun. And uh, I'll see you soon. Okay. Have a good trip. All right. Thanks.